guys, what's going on? And welcome back to the Logan Schwartz Podcast. Today, in this episode, we are talking about a little different uh, from what we normally do. But, in fact, buying a car. Now, a quick disclaimer, uh, this is not financial advice. This is just what I do. I have bought and sold a couple of cars now. And uh, there's a few ways that I like to rework the system. Now, if you listen to Dave Ramsey, he says cash, 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 right? And as, yes, Dave Ramsey is much more, uh, has a much higher uh, net worth than I do by all means. But for a lot of us out there who may not always have the ability to pay cash, I'm talking about more of a leverage-oriented way of buying things. And sure, you know, debt is bad. You always want to make sure that you are shopping the lowest rates. You are always getting stuff at the best deals. And how I go about buying vehicles is, first off, when you're at the car dealership, this is, of course, in that circumstance, uh, and you're buying that $25,000 vehicle or that $20,000 vehicle or who knows, maybe a, a $50,000 vehicle. And we're not talking about Lamborghinis here. My recommendation, and uh, this is just from my own personal experience, and this is not by any means financial advice. This is my personal experience. When you buy a vehicle... Of course, you want to put down as much money possible. In fact, I try and put at least 50 to 60% down if you had that available. You never go more than a 60-month unless you're buying a Jeep Wrangler or you're buying a vehicle that has a very low depreciation rate. So maybe a 66, maybe a 72-month. But when you're talking about getting into the 84-month terms, right, or an 87-month term, that, my friends, is a death sentence because most people only keep their vehicles for that three- to four-year marker. So you obviously, after that 84 months, when now it's three to four, now it's a the 36, which is the a three-year marker, the 36-month or the 48-month uh, marker, so the three- to four-year, and you're ready to get out of this vehicle into the next, you are now left upside down. And for folks that don't know what that means, it means you have negative equity. So the amount that you owe on the vehicle is much more than how much the vehicle is worth. It's called being underwater, negative equity, flipped, right? I've been in the car industry for some time now. Obviously, you, whenever you go into a car deal, you want to be above water. You want to have equity. So if the car is worth 10000 you want to owe less than 10000 right? Common sense, but you see it all the time. People go, in into, the, go into these financial, financial situations where the car is worth ten, and they owe fifteen, or they owe twenty. Right, and now they are getting a much higher interest rate. They are getting extremely high uh, payments that they can't pay off. 
right? So let's first set the scene. You're going in to buy a vehicle. First off, you want to have the existing vehicle either completely paid off because you get tax credit, completely paid off, or have less than what the vehicle is actually worth. So you have positive or you have equity. You're above water. That's the first thing. Second thing, you want to try and put as much money down as possible. That 50 to 70% marker is always fantastic. You're a lower risk for banks. You'll get a lower APR percentage. Uh, and you want to use their financing rates that they have. And you want to shop it against a credit union. So whether you are getting you know, a 6.9 right at the dealer, you want to go to the credit union. See if you can get a 2.9 or 3.9, right? There's different things that apply to credit union. It's more pain in the butt. There's more things that you have to, you know, cross your T's and dot your I's on and got to provide all the information to the credit union. But you want to get the lowest rate possible. And ideally, I said at the longest, a 60 month. Ideally, you want to do a 36 month because at that three year marker, you want to try and pay it off early right? Now you're going to help increase your credit, right? So your leverage that it shows that you can pay your bills and you can pay them on time. This is a modern way of looking at how to buy things and how to go about almost financing your life. And don't take that sentence out of context. You don't want to finance everything. But for a car, right? You want to leverage yourself to something that is not going to make you any money unless you're doing over a lift. It is going to continually depreciate over time. So why allocate all your funds into something that's going to lose you money, my friends? That doesn't make sense. So allocating that 50%, doing a 36 term, shopping that rate, and getting as much for your trade as possible. Now from there, after that, you want to pay the car off, either that three-year marker or even sooner. Obviously, making no late payments. And what I do after that is where the fun starts. Your car is completely paid off. Hooray. But then what? Do you start just allocating those extra funds towards buying things? No. You want to continue to act like you have that 400 or $600 car payment. And you want to pay that to either the S&P 500 or to another. There's multiple different mutual funds, but something ideally safe, right? That's going to yield you something around that 8 to 10% year-over-year return with maybe some dividends. You know, that's, that's ideal. So instead of paying interest to the bank, so you are you have a car that will depreciate over time and you are giving the lender, a.k.a. the bank, more money to finance this depreciating liability, you know, it doesn't sound like a win at all. So you want to pay it off. Don't pay it off, you know, sooner than a year. But pay it off in that two to three marker. And then start paying yourself like you still have a car payment putting into the S&P or different mutual fund like QQQ, however you want to do it. I'm not a financial advisor. And you want to have interest work in your favor instead of against you. You following? This is incredibly important. 
For example, I have a little Ford Fusion and I love my car. It's awesome. It's a 2018. You know, I thought I was, you know, you know, the coolest guy in town buying a 2018 Ford Fusion SE Energy. You know, it's really entry-level vehicle. But, you know, I was 19 at the time and I was high on life. I bought it more than I could afford. It's a 72 month, big no-no, but I paid it off in two and a half years. Now, fast forward, I have continually paid myself the, uh, continually paid myself and investing as if I'm still paying a car note. And I have seen about $2,000 in return, which is just free money, right? Interest. Instead of feeding the bank, uh, instead of filling the bank's pockets, I'm filling my pockets. And uh, now I have $9,000 for my next car. My car is worth probably about ten to 12000 on a good trade-in. More like, more like 8 to 9. 8 to 10, excuse me, I'd say, for a trade-in. But uh, that is just a, a fair glimpse. But a recap on this, on this episode, my friends, is that when you're buying a car, get the trade right. Don't owe more than what the car is worth. Put that 50 to 70% down. Ideally finance it at the 36 term. And yes, ideally finance it to build your reputation with the, uh, with, with, with the different bureaus uh, as I stumble through my words here, right? Shop the lowest rate. They'll try and charge you either a 9.9 or if you're a subprime, maybe a 24.99, which is a death sentence. In that case, you want to buy cash. But if you're looking at the 9.9 or the 8.9 or lower, it, try and shop it for that 2.9, 1.9, or 3.9. And then from there, pay it off in that two to three year marker, not earlier than a year. And then start paying yourself like you still have a car payment. Instead of paying the bank interest, you're paying yourself interest using the stock market as leverage. Anyhow, my friends, keep killing it. Keep crushing it. Until next time. Cheers.